You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, where we're coming to you live from Times Square in New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ephraim Guzman. Along to my right is my longtime close personal friend, my heterosexual life mate, my Mac to my cheese, Eves the Cannon Sonnen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good That's to see I, you, man. Good to see you. I, I saw you not too long ago. Yeah, you know, we had a good time at Comic Con. We hey, Comic Con was, cool. was, yeah, was, cool. was pretty cool. Yeah. It was kind of. Overwhelming. Yeah, there was a lot of people there, a lot of toys, a, a lot, lot of, of um, promotions for the Netflix shows. Cosplay. And, yes, a lot, definitely a lot of cosplay. A lot of people suited up. And what was your favorite cosplay? Um, that the the you, you went twice. Yes, I went twice. You didn't, you didn't even tell me the second time you went. The first time we went together, then you went another time, which I was I had to find out on Instagram. People like he was there, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Well, yeah, well, yeah, let's hear this excuse. Well, I, the, the first time we went, it was for business purposes, and right. the Sunday we, you know, I went. It was because a, a friend of mine's girlfriend couldn't make it, so you know, I actually How can you call me. Let me know. Well, how we well, I, I did actually. If you wanted to stop by, but you, you said to stop by, which you gonna want me to get some scalper and, and, and no, 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 no. Like I would have went there for three hours, and then I would have left, and then I would have gave you the ticket, and then you would have went probably for another three hours if you wanted Dude, to do that. Dude, it's the whole purpose of not going. It's supposed to be going together. Instead yeah, but of you didn't. But you didn't want to come from Brooklyn to meet up with me to go to Manhattan to go Absolutely there. not. I wasn't gonna go back there. But that's either here or there. You went without the Atomic Podcast. Yeah, well, I went as a, a civilian, civilian, you know, and, you know, it, it was okay, it's just a lot of walking, man, I think I'm getting too old for this, no, Boop, man, that walk, know? yeah, yeah, that, that walking, is. we stayed, the first time was like, what, five hours walking? Yeah, yeah. On our feet? Yeah. Man, we tried it? to get some interviews, but we couldn't, though, it was just too, too Well, the too way it's all set up in that place is like, it's either you're not, you're paying to see, speak to someone, like, you gotta pay to speak to Sergeant Slaughter, or, yeah. what was it, Honky Tonk Man, or... Yeah, like, I feel bad for those guys, though, you know? Well, what's wrong with... Well, no, they it's just... Make a living just, somehow. Yeah, no, 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 no. Can't wrestle forever. Dude, they're doing their thing, dude. They're making money doing pictures and, you know, photo ops, but, you know, it was just like, you know, just seeing them there is like, you know, age does cast, catch up with you. Oh, yeah, when like, you see him, you see, it's like, you see yeah. the heroes and... Dude, I, I have visions of Sergeant Slaughter in, as a cartoon throwing the leg of a battle android trooper all around and taking all the bats by himself. And then, you know, seeing him older and more somber is just like, wow, man. It's like, damn. Crazy, you know? crazy. Let me ask you a question. You know, I'm not so versed in, you know, wrestling like you are because yes. you are. Did the Honky Tonk Man used to do the same thing Jeff Jarrett used to do? With the guitar? Yeah. Well, he, well, Honky Tonk Man did it originally first, you know. He used to do it first, but then the guitar. But with, like, with the guitar, like, you know, the... Thin wood that it like was, Jeff Jarrett's and yeah, it was like a paper mache wood. Paper mache wood that he used to. Yeah. I, I was thinking, but like a Jeff Jarrett or plywood or something. I don't yeah, even know. Right. I don't know what. But the he used called. to do that though. Yeah, Honky Tonk Man mm-hmm. used to do that. I mean, I don't want to take a you know number two on you know Honky Tonk Man, but it just looked. He needs to like that whole. <laughs> it looked crazy. It didn't look yeah. crazy, but I mean, I'm not gonna say anything. He was kind of, you know, giving me the ice grill when I walked past yeah. it, too. I don't know if he was going to hit me with a guitar when you saw me. I don't know what was up with that. I don't know what was that. I don't, think here, no, I don't know what was up with that one. But, yeah, but, I mean, Comic-Con, other than that, was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we you got to see, um, what's Green Ranger's name, Yeah, please. Jason David Frank Jason and Gina Carlo Esposito. Right, right. And, I mean, I'm saying, oh, oh, you know, oh, what's called again? The guy from um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, Gus Frank. Gus Frank, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you'd be surprised. Yeah. The Jason David Frank's line is off the chain. Like, I can a imagine. Lot of people, I can imagine there's a lot of people yeah. there. And um, what's the name? The original Two-Face. The real Two-Face. Remember Breaking Bad? He got his, half his face. Yeah, yeah, Gus Frank, <laughs> yeah. Half his face got ripped off with the, um... If fans go on YouTube, you can see him on Sesame Street with a fro. It's hilarious. Just put um, what, Giancarlo Esposito. I think it was in the eighties. He came out on Sesame Street. Hilarious. He's been around for a while doing yeah. a lot of different movies. Like, but you know, I just remember him from Breaking Bad. You know, yep. that guy. What's the what's the, what's the drug dealer's father's name? What's the drug dealer's father's name? The first guy with the grill that, that they killed in the first the first couple of episodes. And that Tuco? was, was Tuco. Tuco. Yeah, 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 then yeah. Tuco's father with the with the, with the bell. Yeah, and then you know that's nothing. I'm Breaking Bad. You know, I don't know. You guys know the show Breaking Bad. Obviously, you guys know the whole situation. But like Tuco's father was with the bell, and they exploded him. And then, yeah, I mean, what's the, guy the buzzer, the, the, bu- buzzer, the buzzer yeah. thing. Yeah, he walked out. But that's cool. What um, who else? What else did we see over there? I mean, um, just a lot of cosplay costumes. Um, on the Netflix poster for the Daredevil that's coming coming out in yeah. next in May, May next year. May. Um, so the costume. They, they, they show the costume. 
it yeah the well, similarities of the old school Incredible Hulk was it the trial of the Incredible Hulk yes yes costume? yes the same same damn costume yes I think that's the early stage of the costume probably not the, like the costume for the end of the show but I guess for the beginning stages of it so you early think he's gonna have the red DD yeah, yeah. costume with the yeah. horns and yeah I don't think it's just gonna be like that it's just the early stages of the it man without fear yes the first season it's gonna mm. be great I don't know. It yeah. just looked crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of dope because you know I like what they're doing. I don't want to make it to another you know Marvel conversation, but you know I mean we have to. Is it they're making it look contemporary? Your your keyword that you use all the time. Yep. I like pink and blue spandex with yep. superheroes, and you were like you have to be contemporary. But yep. they're making it contemporary, like because nobody's going to be running around scaling rooftops with a red and a red and double D outfit, not double D as. Yeah. You know what? I'm talking about double D as in the logo on his chest. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. But I'm yes. just saying, it looks contemporary. I, I actually liked it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. What else did um, you think that was actually an option to speak about regarding Comic Con? Because um, besides my feet hurting in blisters, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, Comic Con was pretty good. It came and went, and um, I can't wait for next year. And the next year it'll be in October, the same same time frame. I think October. Hopefully, we get some goddamn press passes. We yes. don't have to. We don't have yes. to go as civilians. It's press passes. You yes. hear Comic Con press passes for the Atomic Podcast, so we can just go. And not have to stand. We have to stand online for the press. Uh, I believe so. Or I, I'm not. Yeah, really I don't sure. know. We should have to stand online. We're the press. We could go. We, yeah. Yeah. We, we should be able to go. But hopefully, we'll be on YouTube also. We can actually show footage. But that's neither here nor there. Interviews. Yes, interviews. Um, this week I've interviewed Roxy Rozzi. She's an independent star, and she's she's a third generation wrestler. Third generation from who? Third generation from her father Joe Rossi, and her grandfather was also a wrestler. Oh, so man. yeah, she's she's a, a big star down in you know that um in Nashville. So if you're familiar with like the Tennessee area, you're doing a lot of wrestling interviews. Um yeah. What's going on here? I like wrestling. Kind of feeling left out here. No, come on! You can interview them too. You, next time you'll interview her. Then how about that? I, 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 She's not a problem, but I'm just like you're doing a lot of interviews. I feel like I'm not doing anything. No, you are, dude. You're just looking good, man. Thank and you. and guys, he definitely wants to be Daredevil in Netflix. I mean, not Daredevil. Um, Luke Cage. So if there's casting agents that are listening, hey, listen. The way these castings are going, like I was telling you yesterday, if anybody can be in these DC castings, I can be in these Marvel castings because these castings are horrible. But we're gonna save this topic for a full show another time for another place because Stevie Wonder is casting these people for these, these DC shows because these are horrible. All right, like, we'll, we'll save that for another yeah, show. I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to go in a rant. We're going to have a good hour long show about me and how I feel about Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Universe, Cinematic Universe because Marvel's not Marvel's not off the hook. Okay, okay, okay. okay. DC sucking right now. Okay, okay. We'll we'll save that for another show. Let's go to the interview. Now let's go to the interview with the illustrious Roxy Rossi. This is the Atomic Podcast. Okay, welcome to the Atomic Podcast. This is Efren Guzman talking with a third generation superstar, and she's big out in Tennessee. Let's give it up. For Rox, Roxy Ro, Rozzi, am I pronouncing it right? I'm sorry because people can't pronounce my name at all. I'm at, you, you do the honors in saying your name. Yeah, hi guys, I'm Roxy Rossi, and Roxy uh, Rossi. you're good. You're close. It's close to Ronda Rousey, almost Roxy Rousey, you know, almost almost close to Ronda Rousey, right? Like it's sort of similar. Yeah, yeah, you were pretty, pretty close. <laughs> don't tease me now. Don't tease me now. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so you know, if people don't know you, come tell tell the fans where they they've seen you at, or you know where where you're wrestling at now, or you still you're still in the wrestling business, right? Yeah, I am. Um, I haven't done anything in, in probably about a year now. About a year ago, I started wrestling full time. Um, I was doing some indie indie shows, and uh, it went well. Um, it was really fun. Before that, um, you probably caught me on the CW. So it's almost like 
Oh, it's almost like you're you're like almost the boy that they wanted, but you know they had a, be a beautiful little girl, and then they just want to say, you know what, we're gonna put you in the wrestling business. So how did that all transpire? Because you know a lot of girls really don't follow in their father's footsteps like that. But how? Just take me back to the beginning. Like how did it all get started for you? Yeah, um, actually, I have two older brothers, um, and you know they were. My dad always tried to, you know, he's always wrestling in the kitchen with them and trying to get them involved, and, and they just, you know, they're always interested in, in the, you know, my father and my grandfather's career, just, you know, newspaper clippings and things like that, but they were never interested in trying out for the team, and uh, I was very competitive growing up. I played, like, you know, four sports, varsity, high school, and, and uh, I was just always more interested in it, and kind of, kind of always been a rough there. so, wow. um, my father passed away, I, um... I just wanted to feel kind of connected to him and just be kind of close in a way that I, I hadn't been able to when he was alive. So um, I just ended up, you know, meeting the right people, kind of just, you know, working here and there and being around in Nashville and, and gave it a go and did my first show and I was hooked. I mean, it, it's such an adrenaline rush and, and then, you know, my grandfather was always proud of me and always supportive and and always kind of taught me the ropes and, and the, the rules of the ring. So that's, that's kind of how it happened. Oh, um, did your father pass away while you were still in school? Or what what, what time frame did he pass away? Or? Yeah, he actually he got cancer around my 15th birthday, which was November. Oh, and wow. he died around my 16th birthday, yeah. So um, he died on November 29th. My birthday is the 27th. So um, oh, he wow. had lung cancer. And uh, he was he was a, a smoker. He smoked cigarettes. And but you know, to his credit, he never he was never a big like drinker or anything like that. He he owned a health food store. Um, but you know, he grew up like I did. Like he grew up in in locker rooms with his father. And so you know, you were gonna pick up some habits here and there. And and that was his worst habit. And um, he decided to quit smoking. He had he had a gallbladder surgery. Oh and I remember we were going to the hospital and being in the back seat of the car with them, and he bought a full pack of cigarettes, and he smoked one, and he took it, and he chucked it out the window, and he's like, I'm done with this, I'm, I'm never smoking again. And that day, we went to the doctor, he had his gallbladder surgery, and they found cancer. Oh so, God. I mean, it just goes to show you life is short, and you, you just never know, you know, so. Yeah, so I'm assuming you don't smoke yourself, right? You never took a cigarette at all yourself, right? You're, you're clean. I don't smoke, but I did. I did when I was younger. You know, I'm a teenager, yeah. and you just hanging out with your friend. You try to be cool, and but I don't smoke anymore, and uh, it was a long time ago. So, but yeah, I'm not perfect. I've had my, yeah. <laughs> my moment, so. Yeah. All right. So let me just put this in a happy mood because I don't want this to be sad. But so, all, all your right. life. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You know, say, but in, in um, school athletics, though, like you know, a lot of girls go for the cheerleading team or the band. You was just straight up athletics, right? You wanted to do sports and everything, from what you were saying. Oh yeah, definitely. When I was, I played basketball all through. You know, when I was a little kid, to growing up, and then um, when I got to high school, I was just walking down the hallway, and the volleyball coach was like, "Hey, you're tall. Do you want to play volleyball?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll play. So, So you, and there, you was you was a uh, like almost like a I don't know what's the terminology you would call you know you call a guy a jock or whatever like that I guess she was like a jockette or something. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I was a jockette. Oh man, <laughs> it was, uh, was everything was a competition, you know. Yeah. But too bad I didn't uh, focus more on my math skills, <laughs> but yeah, that's all right. I'm sure you was good at the academics as well, though, right? Besides sports, you was good at <laughs> academics. Yeah, you had to be, or you didn't get to play. So I was always, you know, I wasn't. Math was always kind of my weak subject, but yeah. I always loved history and, and English and stuff like that. So I always kept my grades. You know, I was like a B student. I wasn't. I wasn't bad. I always, I always kept them up because I, I would never want to miss a game. You know. Yeah, hey, B is better. Uh, B is better than a D, so that's pretty good. Um, right. 
also like so your grandfather was also a wrestler did he talk to you when you was younger did he instill like the wrestling in you too because it's kind of funny that your brothers didn't get into it but you did so what was like was was there a trigger or something that that made you said okay i think this this is it for me like was there a point in your life yeah, um, well, growing up, I, I think my, my grandfather's generation of wrestling, and, and this is a lot of the old school guys, and I'm sure that you know this, most of the fans know this, they were so different, um, as in, you know, now you watch things on TV, and, you know, even, like, the terminology they use, like, the, the words and things that only wrestlers used to know, not everybody knows them, so, my grandfather came from an era where, you know, you didn't give away the secrets. Everything, you protected the business, and everything wasn't, you know, um, broadcasted like it is now. You didn't know the outcome. Like, it was, it was such a, a, a deal for them to keep it only through the wrestlers. So, when I was growing up, he he really didn't, he would speak on a match, but or, or talk about memories or something like that, but even with his family, even with his wife, with his grandkids, we didn't know any of the terminology. He never gave away any of the secrets. He never, but if he talked about a match, he talked about the match like he would to an audience. He didn't hear, like, the terms heel or baby face, not like they do nowadays. So, yes, he did talk about um, wrestling and memories with, you know, the photos or, or pranks they would pull or ribs or things like that. But never, ever did he give away the business ever. He spent, you know, his whole life trying to protect it, even us. And that's something that, you know, is you have to respect. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very rare. And so um, how I got into it, it wasn't necessarily like, you know, my grandfather called and made these connections for me. It was really just kind of being downtown Nashville and, and meeting people and how I got into it was a bit random. I always liked to act and I always liked modeling and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to meet a promoter of a show one night and they were like, oh, you're an actress. Come on board. Let's, you know, or you, you like to be in front of the camera. Come on, come on out. And, and I did. And, and then I ended up telling them later who my family was, not thinking that it would be a big deal because... You know, my generation's probably not as familiar with my family as the older um, fans are. So it ended up being kind of a big deal to them. And, and so it just kind of fell into place. But I always felt like I was kind of meant to meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was like, you know, it was a passion you had for it, right? You know how some people have a passion to be a cop? Your passion was to be a wrestler, right? Once you went to the ring and you felt it, you was like, oh, this is it, right? Yeah, and, you know, I trained for a little while, but I never I never was a fully-on pro wrestler, which I have full respect for them. I did more managing, and, you know, I ran my own show, and I always liked kind of the, which is kind of ironic, you know, because girls are usually out there and you want to be in front of the camera, which I enjoyed, but I always liked kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I thought it was just kind of interesting for a promoter to, to put this whole, I mean, it's, it comes from an idea in your head, and then they go out there, and they, and they bust ass, and they put this whole show together, and, and I always thought that was kind of cool, so um, one of my dreams was always to run my own show, and when I did, I just, you know, I loved it, and, and it was great, and yeah, so I always I always liked going out there and wreaking a little havoc. <laughs> Wait, so you already you already ran your own show already? You already promoted your own show? I did, I did. It was like a year ago, and it went really well. Um, how did you how, was, how did you put that together? <laughs> What's that? How how did you put that together? Tell me in detail. How did that happen? Like, how did you? Start? Uh, you know, it was actually. Um, I had a, I had been a manager for Soft for such a long time, which which I still love. I still love those guys, and, and uh, I just I wanted to put on my own show. I, I just kind of gotten out of college, and and it was something I'd always wanted to do because at the end of the day, like I'm I'm a wrestling fan first. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked, especially old school wrestling, um, ECW, any anything like that from the eighties um, through the fifties. Like I loved even before that. I love that type of wrestling and. I really wanted to run my my dream card, kind of who I would want on my card, who I would want on my show, and just kind of make sure I took care of the of the guys I had on there, and you know run a run the best show that I could. And you know I'm a perfectionist, so looking back now, there are definitely some things that would change and some things I wouldn't have. But it was really just kind of like my goal, and and I was you know I think I was work I was bartending and kind of kind of managing this. Um, 
place near my near my college at the time in Murfreesboro, and the opportunity came up. We were looking for an event to, to put on, and, and we had this big room and this big venue, and, and I just kind of was like, hey, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's put on a wrestling show and see if maybe we can get some younger college people out, and maybe they'll like it, and we can uh, keep it going. So we did one show, and it went well, and... Then I kind of moved away, and <laughs> hopefully in the future I'll be able to run another one, you know? Wow. Did you have to pay wrestlers a lot of money, or did for you, they did it for free, or? Oh, no, nobody. <laughs> you're not a wrestler if you work for free. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I, coming from a family of wrestlers, I would always want to take care of, you know, the wrestlers first, so I, I feel like everybody left happy, and, and, uh, have their bellies full, and I had the food set up, and, you know, healthy options, and whatever they wanted was on the house, and, and uh, yeah, and then they left with their pockets full, and so, yeah, you always got to take care of the boys first, because they're out there wrestling for you. The fans first, and the boys, I think they're on the same level, you know, so yeah. I, I just like to take care of, uh, take care of my peeps. <laughs> yeah. And I love all of them. Everyone who's on my card, they're, they're so talented, and, and, I mean, there's so many talented people out there. It's a shame that there's not more wrestling, you know, real real professional wrestling companies, not like, you know, local shows. It's a shame there's not like a few WWE because it's, there's just not enough. I mean, I think 1% of wrestlers are on TV nowadays and just you meet so many talent, talented ones that don't have contracts that deserve it, you know? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers, but not enough shows, you know, that's usually the problem. Exactly. You know, um, now they have Lucha Underground coming up, what do you think about that? Have you heard anything about it? Have you seen any pr trailers for it, or? About the what was it? The Lucha Underground, that's coming to El Raid Network. Oh, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, it's it, it's the sh the El Rey Network is run by Robert Rodriguez, who's like the director of Spy Kids and Spy Kids, and they're, yeah. basi they're basically bringing like Lucha Libre, you know, to you know American television, and then they they're gonna have a, oh, a wow. yeah, and they're gonna have a intergender division, which is kind of controversial, but you know, I I think it's different, you know, men against the women in wrestling, so you know, you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah, what what you think about that? You think you know how how society you know you know, doesn't want, like, a man to beat a woman, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, wrestling is like, is like, you know, the movies, you know, like, you know, you'll see Black Widow kicking somebody's butt, you know, and, you know, fighting dudes, like, how you feel about that, like, having, you know, once it comes out, like, an intergender match, men versus women, or have you ever been involved in one or anything? Yeah, I have, and you know what, I'm all for it, because I know some women in this business, they can beat up any guy any day of the week, you know, and, and I know some men that are stronger than women, so I think it's great. I mean, I think women in this business have proved themselves, that they, a lot of them, that they can be on the same level as men. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, the, and the ones that are going to be up there fighting the men, it's not just going to be... You know, someone that's new, kind of green in the business, starting out, all of a sudden they're going to fight this big. It's going to be women that have really, like, vibes for that spot and proven themselves that they can handle it. So, I'm all for it. I think that's great. And, like, literally plays are, like, the most. They can do more flips than I've ever seen any type of run. Something about them. They got, like, a spring in their steps. So, I, they're always just, like, fun to watch. I mean, they're just so explosive. So, yeah. I think that'll be really cool. I'm glad it's coming up. Uh, crossing over too yeah um i'll ask you too um what's who, i know your parents were inspirations for wrestling but was there a, a particular female wrestler that inspired you as well or did you have any female role model uh, you know from the wrestling standpoint hmm let me think this is this is a hard one to answer So, I mean, I just always thought that was, that took a lot of guts and courage to yeah. do 
don't know, but from my, my vantage point, from, like, the fans' vantage point, like, back then, like, the women were, like, kind of rough, you know, like, you know, when you take, yeah. you know, Shari Martel, Medusa, you know, Luna Vachon, and then when you see the wrestlers now, like, Nikki Bella and all that, it's, like, total. it's, like, night and day from the wrestlers back then to the wrestlers yeah, now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They've definitely gotten pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> pretty hot over the years. Yeah. And, and I love the balance ways, buddy. I watched, I watched the, the Divas oh. show number two. Uh, but yeah, they were pretty, uh, you didn't want to mess with those girls back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I read about you. Was Reno Riggins one of your trainers? No, Reno was, uh, was my true owner's dog. Oh, he was, he was, oh, okay. <laughs> was, he, was, was he also in the WWE as one of the um, enhancements wrestlers, right? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe he was. Yeah, because the name sounds vaguely familiar. I think he was one of those um, enhancement wrestlers as well. That's why I was like, Reno Rickens, that name sounds so familiar. I think he was one of yeah, those. Yeah, Reno was, uh, he, was, he was a big deal back in the day, probably. Um, yeah, he, he's, uh, I know he used to wrestle a lot. He ended up doing a match later against, uh, when, when I was working for him against Kid Cash, and it was, it was pretty epic. <laughs> oh, wow. Is, is there any close friends you have in the business now, like, or... Yeah, I do. I have a few of them, and I don't want to be one of those people that, that name drops, but um, no, no, you don't have to that. Okay, of course, Nova. Nova's my boy. Mr. Mike Pucci. Um, I love Josephus and Vanita. Yeah. Um, they're very good friends of my kid, Cash, of course. He's always the biggest friend of mine. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, anybody that I've worked in this area with, you know, uh, Gary Wolf and his girl Candy, love them. <laughs> and I've always been a fan of his. Um, so he was one of the original pit bulls. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've met so many cool people over the years. Um, but, you know, it's like, you don't look at them like, it's not like I look at them like, oh, I grew up watching you. and just, you know, it's more like they're just, they're just stand-up people, you know. They have yeah. real lives and, and they're just, there's so, much, so many talented people you meet, and it's, it's so cool. It's like your carnival family. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you could definitely compare wrestling to the carnival, you know, with the whole atmosphere of it, and it's just a family. You're all traveling together. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's how it started, too, is, is in, the, in the carnival. So now it's definitely, it's come such a long way, but... Yeah. Rossi, another question for you I want to ask you. What is the toughest match you had so far in your short career right now? What is the toughest match? The toughest match. Yes. Mm, that's a good one. Let me think. Um, probably the toughest match I had. Probably when I got hit um, in the face by. Um, uh, who was it that punched me in the face? I'm trying to think. Um, ah, I just had a mind blank. Um, <laughs> it must have been a hard hit. You forgot uh, who she did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it was such a hard hit. It knocked my, my brain out of the circuit. Um, and, and it was a girl. I'm trying to remember. Was it um, Tracy Taylor? Punched, yes, yes. It was Delta. I was like, it was either Tracy Taylor or, yeah, she punched me in the face so hard, man. And, and we were, um, we were doing a, like a, it was like a Lucha Libre kind of night at the fairgrounds. And, uh, man, that girl, <laughs> I don't mess with her. She's got the hands of steel, but, she, I took the rhyme out of me, you know, I kind of, I kind of fell down and, and got knocked out a little bit, but I came up, like, it took me a minute, I came up, and that was just from, like, a, you know, and then probably people are like, that's nothing, you know, I've seen him pass wrestle with his, his jaw wires shut, but, you know, for me, it was, it was just like a, I didn't expect, I didn't see it coming, so, <laughs> that was kind of a, that was kind of a tough night, but I wore it, you know, I kind of looked like a badass with my black eye the next day. <laughs> He's like, oh, she got a shiner. She's tough, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you see the other eye, you know. <laughs> so you never had any surgery then, like any like scary surgery or nothing. You've been fine. Knock on wood. No, thank God. I've been lucky. Um, I've I've never really had. I mean, I've had like broken bones and I've broken my, you know, wrist probably a couple times and sprained them like that, but. You know, I've never really um, had the opportunity because, again, I was just, I was the manager, you know, so I got in on it, but I always covered my ass, you know. Yeah. But uh, wrestling, I mean, I, I trained a little bit with Dutch um, and before he went to the WWE again, and uh, it was tough, you know, and I, I was just in the beginning of it, and so you really gotta, you really gotta be a tough mofo to, to be a wrestler, I know that, I mean, even just the, because I'm kind of skinny, you know, I'm kind of scrawny, and even the roses, like, 
the ropes, um, excuse me, bruise you and, and things like that. But mm. I was uh, I was lucky not to get my ass beat too bad. How was Dutch as a trainer? He was excellent as a trainer. I mean, just, just amazing. And I, and I got the chance to take one class with uh, Wolfie D, and, and he was excellent also, both just, like, from completely different ends of, you know, of the spectrum. They're just so different, but they're both just awesome. And, and I love Dutch, but he's a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy, right? He's hard. He's hard, right? Yeah, he's, he's a hard man, and, and he's just from that old school well, which is what I love because it's like, you know, you keep your mouth shut, you keep your head down, you go to work and you sweat it out and you do what you're supposed to do and you're okay. And if you go in there with like an attitude like, I don't want to be there, I'm complaining, he's gonna, it's going to be 10 times worse, you know? So, um, and then Wolfie, Wolfie was such an excellent trainer as far as just strategically. I mean, his, his the way he, he flows, his, his matches and his moves and, and teaches you things is just, it's just, and he's really great at that, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, you had a, a vast amount of experience, and you've been doing it for a while. Um, do you prefer the manager aspect of wrestling, or you prefer being the wrestler that you are as, like, carrying the Rossi family tradition name? Or do you have any preference? Or uh, For me, I just, I like the manager part because, um, you know, I'm just... I wasn't there. I, I trained for a while, and I liked it, but it just seemed like it wasn't, um, what do you call this? It seemed like at, at the times that I was training that, that things just didn't work out. Like, I was training with Dutch, then he got his contract and, and had to leave, you know. Um, when I was training with Wolfie, it's like I had to move. <laughs> so it just didn't seem to all come together as easily, but when I was managing, it was just, um, I have such a, like, a, loud personality, and maybe that comes from being Italian, and, uh, <laughs> and I think just always, I just always liked it, you know, I was always out there kind of causing trouble and, and being the brat, you know, I'm this third generation superstar brat, and I like that because, you know, um, it's just, it, it, it makes people mad, and it, and whether it makes people mad or happy or sad, you're getting like a reaction out of them, and, and that's what's important because you're creating a conversation. When they go home, they can talk about what a was, you know, and that's cool to, to be able to do that with anything, you know, that you're passionate about. It gets people interested, so um, I wish I had had more training as a wrestler, but it just it didn't work out at the time, so who knows, maybe in the future, but um, mainly my, uh, basically what I did was, you know, was the manager role, so that's what I was comfortable with, and I, and I loved it. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, there's not, you know, a lot of managers are not really relevant now anymore because, you know, you have Paul Heyman who is now acknowledged as the advocate, but, like, the day of the managers is just, it's just sad that it's just, it's like a, a dying breed, you know? Like, and there's so many cool managers, yeah, exactly. you know, back in the days, from, like, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mr. Fuji, you know, um, the Doctor of Style Slick, you can go on and on, but it's like now it's just very, very small, you know, you can count them with your, you know, in one palm of your hand, you know, it's so... It's it's just sad that you know it's just not the same the way it used to be, you know. Well, what you think it, about? I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I agree with you. It is a dying breed, and and if you're like on TV and a manager nowadays, it's kind of like you know that that person's really good at what they do because that there's such a small window for that. But I always kind of felt like I never. People would always ask me like, when are you gonna wrestle? When are you gonna be a wrestler? When are you gonna be a wrestler? And my and I was just like, well, when I'm ready because. I kind of looked at it like I had such a big name to live up to as far as my dad and my granddad. I didn't want to go out there not being ready and hurt myself or hurt someone else. Yeah. So I took my time with it and, and I didn't, you know, it didn't work out and that was fine with me because I still loved what I was doing. But I would never want to disgrace the ring by not being prepared for it because you see a lot of women on TV that they, you know, they may be beautiful and they may be exotic looking and all this, but they get out there and it's just not a great match because <laughs> they're not ready because they're pulled up because they look like a Barbie doll, mm. you know, and that's great and, and that's not their fault. They just need to be trained and I never wanted to be that person. So I, I was always okay with, with, you know, taking my time or, or not, you know, feeling the pressure to do it just to do it. Yeah. I'm saying, but, like, do you feel, like, you just said you wanted to live up to your name. Do you feel you're not, like, adequate enough? Like, from the way you're saying it, you say, like, you know, you want to make the name proud, your your name proud. But, you know, um, you're pretty good. Like, you, you feel that you need more to improve on or something? Or 
What, what do you mean? I do, absolutely. And uh, I say that because I feel like you can never stop improving, kind of. But as far as a wrestler goes, I wasn't ready. I was probably at an intermediate level. And to, to actually wrestle a match, I wanted to be where I knew I was comfortable. It was my tip-top shape. I didn't have anything to worry about because, you know, managing, it's, you know, you, it's hard as far as you are, you know, you have a certain job to do, but wrestling is a whole different ballgame because you have someone else's livelihood in your hands. So I, I, I wasn't ready as far because I didn't have enough training. So it, before I ever got in the ring, it wasn't that I like didn't believe in myself or thought I wasn't adequate enough. It was like I knew that I wasn't trained enough yet to be put in that position with someone else. You know, I didn't want to ever go out there and not feel like I was at my the top of my game type of deal because I am a competitive person and, uh, you know, you just, you want to be ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, another question I want to ask you, with the state of wrestling with TNA without having the TV deal, what's your take on that? Or I don't know if you even know about the situation, but, you know, they might not have a TV deal past December, I guess. So what's your take on, like, the state of wrestling? Um, I think that's really sad because, you know, um, it'll put a lot of, a lot of talented people out of work. Um, so that, that kind of is a bummer because, you know, you don't ever want to see that. And then it'll flood the, the indie market with people. And, and it's, it's not just like a, um, it's not just TNA is going to be out of work. I mean, it's going to cause a chain of events that trickles down because then, you know, you're going to have so many TNA people that are working at indie shows, it's going to put indie people out of work. I mean, so it's it's not good for, for any of it. It's not good. Um, and I would never want, you know, anybody with talent to lose their job. So I really hope that they keep going and, and can keep improving and, and all that. Yeah, and what about the WWE? Um, do you like the product as of now? And, you know, what's your take on the WWE now? Um, I am a huge fan of, what is it, Total Divas? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's perfect. I love all the girls on there. I think it's really like kind of opened up a light on the on the women's wrestling as far as that goes. Um, but I've never met one of those people that's like kind of an ass kisser. Yeah, like yeah, I love the WWE. Because I think a lot of people say that just to get a contract. Yeah. Um, there have been times that I don't watch it because I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of you know too much talking or boring or the dust. And then there are times I watch it and I'm like, that was. Freaking awesome! You know? So I'm just like every other fan. I have things I don't like, and I have things that I do like. But um, I guess the overall, my overall opinion of it is, I just wish, um, I wish, and this, I know, you can't go back in time, you can't fix things. But I wish there was more of like a, a conscientious movement to keep the business more of a of a secret. I, I wish there was more of a protection of the business as far as terminology goes and storylines goes and, and I've heard people refer to their characters and things like that. I don't like that aspect of it because it takes away from, you know, the people who came before us and everything they did to make sure that when people left the show, they remember that fight because they, it, to them, it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, as far as a product, I think they're genius. Yeah. I think they take care of wrestlers. They're the best company in the world that takes care of their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do. I mean, they give you a whole new life. And what other company can do that? I think Vince McMahon is a genius. But I, I do think that, you know, maybe it should be a little more strict as far as what you can and can't do and can and can't say. Yeah. This is, this is a random question, but I just got to throw it in. What's your favorite WWE film, if you've ever seen the WWE film? Oh my gosh, I never watched it. <laughs> I have no idea. Anything with, uh, I don't know. Anything with the Bella Twins or Don Cena, I guess. Oh, wait. What was that film The Rock did? I don't know if it's WWE, but didn't he say, like, um, it was like a Tooth Fairy or something like oh, that? Oh, the Tooth Fairy? Yeah, was it? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was a WWE film. I think film, that was Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. It's the Tooth Fairy uh, with The Rock, though. You're right. It was the Tooth Fairy. Was it The Rock? Yeah, the Tooth Fairy. And then, and no, then the... I, mean, I love him. He's so great. But I, I haven't seen one in so long, but I did see one. I think it already had come out. Um, It was like, it was a scary movie, and there was like a ghost. It was like the ghost of the mother was in the mirror. Um, and it was a WWE film, and I was, like, surprised I was in the movie theaters watching it and, like, watching the credits for it, and it just looked like your average 
scary movie. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of it, it was like WWE production. And I was like, dang, like that doesn't even look like, that looks like a box, you know, or something movie. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, do you like horror movies? Is that your genre or? I like all kinds of movies. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen. I'm like a huge TV nerd, but I love like um, throwing the Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, of course, American Horror Story. I love like freaky movies, you know, like comedy. I watch everything. It's kind of like my thing's the music. Like it's all over the place. Any kind of like pretty much any kind of pop culture movie that's like big, I'm into it too. You know. Yeah. Um. Um. Oh no, The Walking Dead is really good. You saw the season premiere; it was awesome. It was really good. Yes, it was so good. I was so glad that they. I won't give it away if anybody hasn't seen it, but I was glad that they got out of that box. <laughs> yeah, I love the reunion with Daryl. Daryl and Carol. I was about to say. Carol coming out like I always knew Carol was a badass, but she came out like. I was like, go Carol, when she, when she looked at Tyrese and she's like, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to kill him. I was like, yeah. oh man, she's going to get captured, you know, <laughs> little short ass is going to go in there, she's going to die, and it's going to suck. And then she just like, came in there like random, like blowing shit up. That was awesome. I love that show. I know, like Carol is like the new Andrea now, you know, ever since, you know, Andrea got killed off, you know, I think Carol just stepped up her game a notch, you know, from the first season to now, she just elevated herself up. Yeah, she did, and like, it's so cool that they took her from like, you know, she was this woman in this abusive marriage, yeah. you know, her daughter, I mean, she goes through all these things, and then it's like, they're like, think, you're thinking like, okay, she's just gonna break down, you know? I know probably she's glad she's glad now that Rick is with the baby. She's like, finally, I don't have to change diapers now. So you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to listen to this baby anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what, was so glad they got reunited. Though I was like one of those nerds at the TV, like, yeah, it's just <laughs> I know. You see, you know what's funny with me because I thought um, the Daryl Carroll was more emotional than Rick finding his daughter. He had more emotion when he lost his wife as opposed to when you know he you know he seen Judith again. I was like, oh, okay, it's weird. You know? Did you think? Yeah, that? I thought that like um, what's, what's the kid's name that plays Chandler again? Um, Carl. Chandler? Carl. Carl. Yeah, yeah, I thought Carl because you know he was so upset. I thought he was gonna like run over there and just like like freaking out. But I mean they're they're kind of just running over. But yeah, that was uh that was such a good episode. I can't wait till next week. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really awesome, dude. And was you also a fan? I love Daryl though. I have a huge crush on Daryl Dixon. Yeah, I know. I think every everyone likes him, but you know, who knows what they're gonna do with the storyline? Because you know, I don't know if you read, like, they were teasing that he might be gay, might not be. So I don't even know what they're gonna do with that. But that, that'd be kind of interesting, though. That I, I mean, you know, that would be just kind of weird, though, because I just don't see his character. You know, not that whatever, be gay or not gay, it don't matter to me. But I mean, yeah. you know. Like, I just thought me and him had, like, a thing. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> He's going to come get you. Yeah, kind of puts a damper. Yeah, well, but, uh, yeah. You know, and I love that. I love Merle. Merle's so, like, raunchy and trashy, too. Yeah. Oh, Michael Rooker is such a great actor. Yeah, he was awesome as the Merle. Yeah. yeah. He was little kid. He was awesome. Yeah. Also, in The Walking, I mean, The Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you see him in Guardians of the Galaxy? He was great. I haven't seen it yet, so do not tell me what happens. Oh my god, I, you're probably the one person in this world who has who's not seen a $700 million worldwide movie. Oh. <laughs> Shame on you. I know, like, everyone keeps posting about it, like when it came out, and I never got the chance to go see it, and I just probably haven't moved to theaters now, but Is right up there with the first Iron Man. It's definitely that good. So you definitely got to check that out. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I will. Oh, man. So I'm sorry. I'm getting off track with the movies and stuff. It's kind of cool that you like movies. That's really cool. Um, I was going to ask you also, um, was you a big fan of the NWA? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, who was, who was your favorite wrestler at that time watching the NWA? Um, I don't even know. So long. Name off a few and I'll tell you one. 
All right, well, I was, I was a fan of Ric Flair. I love the Fantastics, um, the Midnight Express, you know, the Beautiful Bobby and Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan Lane version. Um, the yeah, Road I would Warriors. probably say Midnight Express was up there. Yeah. Um, um, Midnight Express, of course, Ric Flair. Uh, have you seen his daughter? I think it's his daughter. Yeah, um, Ashley Flair, yeah. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. I'm, I know, she's I'm really not, good. Yeah. yeah. I watched a match between, and I saw this on the Diva show, but it was between her and Natalia. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool, because it was like, Legend against, Legend's daughter against Legend's niece, you know, yeah. but she, she was like kicking ass. Well, do you have the WWE Network as well? Is that, no, I don't think I have that extra. I think I just have it on the USA and or whatever the regular channels come mm-hmm. on. And really, I haven't watched it in a while, I need to. went to the bathroom before you went to the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. Well, I was at the show. I drank all the beers and, you know, I was one hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, so, um, are, are you, um, besides Natalia Neidhart and Ashley Flair and, like, I guess yourself, like, are you a fan of, like, the third generation wrestlers and um, how do you feel about, you know, like, you know, like, a wrestler's son or daughter getting into the business, do you feel that they get preferential treatment or you feel it's harder for them since, like like you were saying before, you have, an, uh, you have a name to live up to, so it's like you have to do things extra hard, even cheerleader, you know, cheerleader Melissa, you know, do you feel like wrestlers like that have to be a step better than a, a person who has no family lineage? Yeah, I really do think it's harder. I wouldn't say it's easier because, um, you know, this is exactly what you just said. They they have a name to live up to. So if you see, you know, Ric Flair's daughter out there, then they're like, well, she's not as good, or she is as good. So, I mean, you know, people just kind of have this, this image of your family already and who you are. And it's, you know, it's not like, like with me, I think people always think I, I got into wrestling because of my grandfather when really, you know, when I first started doing it, I didn't tell him for a couple months <laughs> that I was doing it because he wouldn't have been happy about it at first. Wow. Until he actually kind of saw me, what I was doing, and it wasn't anything, you know, raunchy or, you know, because it, it's a tricky business. And you, you have to really, like, surround yourself with people you can trust. Because, like with any entertainment business, there are those people that will take advantage of you. Um, so, you know, I think it, it definitely is harder. You have more to prove. And you have that name to live up to. And it can be a lot of pressure. And some people will make it in it, and it's not necessarily their dream. They're just doing it because it's what they know, you know? Yeah. But, um, like, on yourself, though, like, you you don't think you would fully commit it full-time now? Like, you you don't have the passion anymore, you think, Roxy? Um, I do. I've always had the passion for it, because once you kind of, like, taste that little bit of limelight, it can be so addicting. Yeah. Um, but now I just kind of, um, not that I don't have the passion for it, it's, and I've always kind of been this way. I'll always have a passion for it. It'll always be a place in my heart. But you have to make sure you... you it's not a real, it's because it's not realistic for everyone to make it in the business, you know, especially someone like me who's maybe just doing it part-time and is managing and is, is not fully wrestling because the spots are so limited and you only have 1% of wrestlers on TV with a contract and then, you know, look at a company like TNA, they could fold, they could not fold, so, so you never know, so you don't want to put your eggs in one basket, so I just... You know, I go back to school, and, and I have a, a real job that, that I love, and, and I still love my life, you know. So being away from it for a year or a month, it, it doesn't hurt me because, you know, it's, it's always in my heart, and I, I still have friends who do it, and I know it's not in. I know, you know, there could be a month where I run out of a show, or there could be one where I'm a part of one. I just kind of pick and choose what I do more carefully now because... 
you know, this isn't something that I'm I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. If I if I'm not on a show, it, it doesn't kill me. I just I just am more protective over over things that I, I want to put my effort and my time into. I guess. I see. I see. Also, since um, wrestling and being involved in managing, have you ever ventured to New York City and participated in any independent wrestling in the city? I have ventured to New York City on my own. I have family in New York. Um, oh, my yeah? dad's side of the family. Yeah, my dad's side of the family is like Utica, Rochester area. Yeah. And um, I have my mom's side. I have an uncle that has a old nice penthouse in Manhattan. He's a big Wall Street guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, my cousin Chad, who is actually a writer, he writes quite often for the New York Times in Brooklyn, so I went and stayed with him in Brooklyn for a while. I was in Bed-Stuy oh. and uh, got to see some cool stuff. I loved it. I love New York. There's always something to do. You're never bored. Um, it's a faster, it's so faster. I remember I was at like a bodega counting out the right amount of change for like a bagel and the guy was like are you kidding me are you Definitely a lot of independent places out there that you know. What I'm saying they're, they're, I'm sure they're definitely looking for managers. So you know that that sounds yeah. interesting. You know. You know yeah. Hey, I'm putting a shout out. If anybody needs me, know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet, and a nice shout out to the bodega. I like that. You said bodega. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also a thing about the city that's really cool. You definitely do not need a car. You don't need a car at all. I know, no gas, no deal with all that crap. I mean, you might get killed by a cabbie, but... No, you can take the train anywhere. You, know? you can take the train <laughs> to Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan. You can take a train anywhere. So yeah, that's right. I love New York. Oh, and then how is it, it now working at your job now? Like, you know, how do you feel... Like, do you feel like something's missing, or you feel like regular? Like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm working. I'm not wrestling now. This is cool. This is where I'm at, you know? Yeah, I'm totally cool. And I've always thought of those people that's like, even when I was wrestling, I had, a, I had a full-time real job because, you know, I wasn't paying my bills with that. You know, I've always been like, I always had a couple hands and three different honey pots, you know, so I've always like money and making it. So, you know, I think a lot of people, and I, and I wasn't on the level that my granddad was or even my father was. Um, you know, I wasn't like, you know, some of my friends who have had that contract and been famous. Yeah. So coming back from that, it's probably such an adjustment for them, you know. For me, it, it wasn't like that because I never reached that kind of level. I never had that contract to reach that level. Mine was just more like, let's get out here and do this. This is fine. I like it. And so it, it, it hasn't been any different. Um, you know, I just, I love my life. And, and I, I do dog rescues. And, and I work in a kennel. And I work in. And I, I, you know, I do, I do what I want, you know. Like, and I go to school. And. Uh, I take foreign languages, so I always have, always have stuff that I'm doing, um, and that's, my dream is, like, I really like to work for the government, being, like, an interpreter, and speaking Spanish, and, and traveling the world, kind of, so, um, you know, I get goals and things like that, that, that fulfill my life every day. Wow, what's your favorite animal? Oh, dogs, of course, I'm a big, I'm a big animal, <laughs> animal activist freak, and I'm totally not one of those people that, like, Are you a vegan as well, or no? You you eat meat still, right? Or no, no, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, you are. And, uh, oh, okay. Kind of, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's oh. kind of ironic to be a vegetarian in, in kind of the wrestling world. So I used to eat a lot of a lot of steaks and a lot of a lot of red meat, but um, 
expensive to eat that way is it like to like to change your whole lifestyle of eating like healthy is it more ex- expensive way of eating or yeah it is um and it was uh, a lot more expensive at first um excuse me and it was more expensive at first because uh i wasn't i didn't kind of wasn't even know uh once i started learning where farmers markets were and like you know you can haggle with these people and, and kind of wear like the the ins and outs of it um, it became a lot cheaper, and now I actually, I grow my own tomatoes, my own, my own seasonal vegetables, I have a little ready-fed box, and that helps out too, and, and it just, it's all peaceful, you know, and, and so, um, it is, it can be more expensive, um, and I think a lot of people think, you know, when I say I'm a vegetarian, they think that, like, you know, I have this thing against meat, and that's not at all, I cook meat all the time for my parents, I just, I make sure it's organic, and it's because I don't, I don't necessary to, to harm a cow or a pig before you cook it. I mean, you know, just let it live like a normal pig and then kill it and eat it and there you go. So that's kind of my, uh, my stance on that, I guess. You you probably be good on that show Naked and Afraid. You ever watch that show on um, Animal Planet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my stepdad loves that show, and it's funny because there was one that had a vegetarian on it, yeah. and she wouldn't eat like anything. Yeah, and he was like, that. you have to watch this. It's a vegetarian, you know. And I was like, well, if I'm on that show, I'm obviously going to eat whatever I have to eat. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. I'm a little African jungle. You know, yeah. still going to eat meat, but. I'm gonna do whatever I can do to survive because it's not fishing, you know. But, but yeah, we watch it all the time. Oh, I'll tell you. So, um, another question about animals: you don't like cats at all? Because I, I have a cat. I love cats, but you don't like cats, or? Uh, no, I do have a cat. Um, and she's like a dog. <laughs> she got out of the <laughs> that's cool. I love, I love, I love that you love animals. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. You know, but you know, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to give up steak, though. I love steak too much. <laughs> yeah, steak is good. Hey, I still miss chicken and steak and all that stuff. I just, uh, I just try to, you know, curb my cravings. I guess. I, mean, I had a dream about fried chicken like a month ago, actually. <laughs> 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 I was just like, Daddy, I need to find some chicken. So. I guess it's also being like the wrestler aspect of you because when you when was when when you was wrestling, did you had a certain diet that or a certain regimen that you follow eating wise or? Yeah, and it, and it was uh, too because I lived with another wrestler at the time, um, and it was like we just ate a lot of protein, a lot of steak every night, potatoes, and, and we're like greens. I mean, we portioned everything out, um, so I, I got more like full. Now, because I don't cook a lot, I post a lot of pictures on my Facebook of things that I post because I get, I find I get more creative now because I have to, and I feel like my food tastes better, or I cook better because, you know, I'm going outside the box of things I know how to make. Um, so, but now I, I don't get as full, so I'm constantly eating, but I don't gain weight because I'm eating healthy. But, I mean, I'm constantly, like, I mean, I can eat, like, Well, at least you know you're not eating, you know, number ones and McDonald's or Big Macs or, you know, cheeseburgers or nothing. So. Yeah, and they're so good. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, McDonald's is delicious, but I don't I don't eat that way anymore, so. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm still, like, 
that's so normal. Like, if people eat that in front of me, I'm not like, oh, that's gross. You know, I'm like, mm, that looks good. Too bad I can't eat it, you know? <laughs> so. uh, Roxy, is there anything, any anywhere the fans can reach you or anything you want to plug out there? or? Yeah, you know, I just signed up my new Instagram account, so to bear with me because I'm a little bit computer electronic illiterate. <laughs> um, it's just small baby rocks. That's my Instagram. Um, one word. And then my Facebook is Roxy Roxy. Um, you know, I'm still kind of involved in wrestling so it just depends on kind of what it is and, and what the show is and, and anybody can book me or, or find me on there and, and I accept everybody. So I'm a pretty, uh, got a lot of friends so I can get some more. <laughs> yep. And you're willing to travel anywhere, right? If a promoter wants to book you from, let's say, the city or somewhere out in the boondocks, you're down to go wherever, right? Absolutely. I'm down to go. I've been to Texas. I've been to New York. I've been to Atlanta. So if you book me, I will travel. Uh, I, I just want to see as much of uh, the world as I can. So I'm from there some European promoters out there listening because uh, I need to go to Europe. Yeah. Have you ever been to Japan yeah, or I'm no? I'm willing to travel and open my open oh, Have you ever been to Japan? I haven't. My dad went there, though, and he brought me back the coolest kimono. I still have it. Um, but, yeah, I was actually talking to another guy about going to Japan uh, not long ago, and I was like, yeah, I need to go. And he was like, I have this opportunity. I was like, go to Japan. They have, like, the best food in the world. So, yeah, I've never been, but, man, I would love to go over there. Also, one more question before I get off the phone with you. Your grandfather, did he wrestle one time at the old WWWF as as well? Um, I'm not sure if it was the WWF, but I know that um, my grandfather wrestled for Vince McMahon Sr. as well as my dad. Yeah, okay. So he wrestled for uh, Vince McMahon's father. Uh, I'm not sure if it was if it was called that then, but um, I know that uh, you know, he always... He was sitting a poster hanging up in his, uh, his store in Brentwood. By the way, if anyone lives in the Nashville area, the Nazi health food is in Brentwood. He still runs it and works there every day. Oh, sweet, sweet. All right, Roxy. Well, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. I appreciate it. And fans, if you want to look for her, she's on Instagram and she's on Facebook. And she wants to get booked already, so book her for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're not going to book me. I'm like, oh, we don't want her. No. <laughs> but, uh, uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you doing this interview with me. And, and I'm really glad we got to talk on the phone. I always see you on Facebook. So it's nice to, nice to meet you officially. Nice to meet you too, Roxy. I definitely appreciate it.